Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, joined as always by Ann Thompson. And Ann, we're going to do something interesting this week, which is we've got one kind of update to the fall season from the past few days, which is the New York Film Festival lineup. And what we both realized going through it is that it actually is a good template or at least a starting point for us to look at many weeks ahead and make some predictions based on the buzz around certain films, both in terms of what we're seeing at New York Film Festival and also what we're not seeing at New York Film Festival. So uh, what do you make of, of the uh, of the uh, films that we have so far? Obviously, one uh, aspect of New York Film Festival we already knew. Uh, that that? Had not the opener of White Noise. Opener, White Noise, which is also opening Venice. Here's what I would say as I was just uh, eyeballing uh, where we are now that we know pretty much what's going to come, although there's a couple of movies coming uh, in the New York lineup that haven't been announced yet. There will be some additions. I announced a while ago that she said was going to have a big event at the New York Film Festival, and I believe that it's going to turn out to be true. And women talking. One prediction down. (laughs) Also is is women talking. Women talking. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the, the Sarah Polly. So those are two films that just eyeballing the overall lineup, you can, you could sort of put a bunch of films in the art film critics, favorite kind of bucket, you know, where they're going to get support from, you know, higher brow. What a good place to live. (laughs) You know, tar, you know, is going to be in that, in that category. I I, I look forward to it. I can't wait. This man is an incredibly gifted, uh, Todd Field is incredibly gifted filmmaker who's, who's uh, never made a bad movie uh, from in the bedroom to to uh his last film which was 16 years ago so good movie uh, i i just rewatched in the bedroom actually um last week and it's it's incredibly tight and in, in no, no, he trained he's with Stanley Kubrick. no he's yeah. a, he's a perfectionist um probably uh too much for his for his own good but these movies come out really really well and you know something like bones and all uh the luca guadagnino may end up being more of an art film not uh, a new york film festival yeah yeah and and it's a films the, the the movie that they announced for closing night the inspection that's an interesting choice for them. Absolutely. Know? Well, I think with they're putting a spotlight on it. Yeah. So this, this is uh, this is an A twenty four movie. Obviously, they have their own expectations for it and are managing them. It seems by taking that closing night slot, and uh, it's a it's a relatively new name, Elegance Bratton, uh, who's done uh, he did a documentary called Peer Kids. He, uh, he's done some TV work, but this is basically a, a discovery in the sense that it's it's his personal story. It's a drama about being a gay man in the Marine Corps. So it's a talking point, but it's also, you know, you can feel the smallness of this movie in the sense where it's like it's going to need the not just critics to rally behind it, but but just the, the overall kind of festival climate. 
Well, it's the kind of thing where if you have a movie like this as closing night that people didn't really register on before, they didn't know the filmmaker, he's not already established, although some people have been tracking him, including A24 and Plan B. Uh, but in this case, you you the people going to Toronto are now going to be like alerted to to look at this one and right, see it elevates it because yeah. it's it's been given this extra status and 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 people who think about it remember that Jeremy Pope is really good you know he's a very good actor and there's a this is a, it sounds like this compares to something like precious you know, where it's very mm. much based on a true story. Although it's a weird one to put in there because that movie is, is bonkers. And this one doesn't necessarily sound like it's... I haven't seen it yet. I was going to say it actually sounds more like a Moonlight type of thing where... Similar, it's, you know, similar thing. A real kind of like... Although I would argue that Barry Jenkins was more established at that point. You know? Well, he had worked the scene. We had and made a movie in a long time. Yeah, we yeah. had and expectations. It, um, yeah. Sure. And when, that's one that broke at Telluride and went when it's on its merry on its merry way, you know. Well, let's go back to White Noise for a second. I mean, I know we we touched on on this in the past that it's it's the first movie to open Venice and New York, but it's also not at TIFF. So what do we take from that? It's not at TIFF, and, and from what we hear, it's not at Telluride either. So it's just a question of how many festivals these people want to schlep to, and and what kind of impact it's going to have. I think opening night, they would have to give up to Toronto uh, in New, to, to get opening night in New York, even if it did play Venice already. Um, so in, in this case, you have uh, a very New York movie, a filmmaker who is identified with the New York Film Festival, Noah Baumbach. You've got Greta Gerwig, very popular there. Uh, it's Adam driver it's a perfect opening night for new york but then the question is also is given the fact that it has these two prominent slots manoa baumbach's last movie was a definite awards player and even if he didn't crack best director you know he got the the screenplay nomination both of his lead actors got it it's hard to get a read on this one so i'm reading white noise now i hadn't read it before it's very entertaining and strange you know this professor of hitler studies in, in a small liberal arts college and so forth but um first of all i don't understand why it's so expensive i'm sure we're going to hear a lot of reporting on that but also, what what is this movie in the context of the fall season? Is it truly? Uh, I mean, it seems like it'll be a critics' movie. Certainly, there's a lot of love for Boundback. You got to see there's it. That's all. Here. I mean, it's that yeah. simple. I mean, I, the way I do my predictions, you know, you just have to wait and see how some of these things play. But my guess is is that it's going to play to sophisticated cinephile adult audiences. That's my guess. And, you and know, then it that's, goes on that's Netflix. a narrow band. You know. And, and we'll see. On Netflix. And they, yeah. of course, have their awards people lined up around the block uh, to support that and Bardo, uh, the Inaritu, and and all the other uh, things they've got lined up. So then in the centerpiece for New York Film Festival, we haven't really talked too much about that one. Kind of fascinating to see a doc in there. It's Laura Poitras. Who Unusual. Very rare. Had, Citizen Four was sort of a surprise New York Film Festival premiere. So there's a history there. It, it worked. It worked for that film. And, and apparently uh, this one is going to play very well uh, in New York as well. You know, it's it's a New York subject. But it's starting in Venice, too. So it's got and it's in Venice competition, which it, which seems like some kind of an endorsement. I mean, it's been a while since she made a movie, but she always has a real striking visual sense. This uh, is true. This one subject matter wise doing something on nan golden is a world apart from edward snowden so i'll be curious to see if it generates the same kind of noise but from a critical standpoint excited to see it the doc uh 
race as it were uh is already pretty competitive i suppose and um, it's hard to get a sense of, of how any of these festivals are really adding new films to the mix i mean is there anything you've been tracking from say tiff or uh in the, the Telluride mix, it seems like it could uh, jump to the front of the pack. This is the biggest one. Um, there's a long list of things that are going to be in Telluride. Well, we think are going to be in Telluride in Toronto. Tom Powers always has a strong lineup. The Sydney Poitier documentary should be from Apple. Yeah. a big one. Um, that's one I'm looking forward to. Um, I, I, uh, I think there's plenty to be sampled. It's a, it's always a question with the docs of, of what sort of breaks out, uh, as a, as something everyone needs to see and, and talk about. I mean, there's yeah. one movie that isn't on our subject matter list today, but I, I, uh, we saw the rescue last year and that went a long way. Uh, but in, in, in the movie they made of it, the Ron Howard movie, the, the 13 lives, uh, I don't think that's going to register. That's Somebody a made a really strong case for it. Better for than it. the movie. I, I like the, I like the movie, uh, because it captured the, the natural drama of it. I have to say there were, there were two movies that opened while I was on vacation one was Nope and the other was 13 Lives. I'm sure there were others, but those were the two I was tracking. I went to see Nope, as I said last week, as soon as it was out, as soon as I came back, as I went to a theater and the Ron Howard movie just has not been high on my list of priorities, even though I could stream it right well, now. I don't on know the story. I mean, you, it's, <laughs> they use the same characters to, to focus on. They, they cover the same beats. And I love Vigo, Vigo Mortensen and Colin Farrell, and they give great, great performances. And it's well-made. It's In every way, it's well-made. But if you've seen the doc, you've seen this movie already. And and to to go back under into those claustrophobic uh, tunnels is just too much. Right, right. You know. So then you have she said, which as you mentioned, you predict through whatever sources you may have that it might show up at New York Film Festival, and that's one where again, I mean, it it does kind of feel like we know that story. So no, that's a, that it. could be spotlight. That could be. I don't think we know all the details of what the journalists went through. We as journalists should be more interested in it uh, in a way because it's really about shoe leather reporting. Yeah, well, I'm always extra sensitive going up against the journalists. powers that be. You yeah, know? the way that journalists appear in movies under dramatic circumstances. Like in Spotlight, the biggest problem I had was that they were always running to different places for no reason. I was like, yeah, I know you got a good scoop, but are you really going to run across the street or whatever? So yeah. I know. It's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. uh, This. What I think, uh, judging from the way I reacted to the trailer, she said has become more timely in the wake of Roe v. Wade. And hmm. therefore, I think a lot of people, especially women, are just going to respond more viscerally and more emotionally to what is at stake there. And, you know, in terms of, of women being able to speak up for themselves and fight for their rights and 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 really uh, against the powerful white men who are trying to keep them quiet. Well, speaking and, of which... And, no, I was going to say, speaking of which, we also have Till at New York Film Festival, which touches on that theme in, in pretty, pretty explicitly dealing with, you know, Emmett Till's mother and her, her pursuit of justice for the death of her son. And the woman who lied uh, and got Emmett Till killed, really, is still alive. And, and she was not convicted. And not convicted. And she is, you know, ill and in her late 80s. They let her go. They let her go. But there are people saying, you know, Whatever her condition is now, if you can put 101 year old Nazis on trial, why not this woman? And so I'm curious to see with Till if there are real world reverberations of resurre- involved in resurrecting that story. If we see 
some newsiness that, that comes out of that. I'm very curious. What I'm confident of when I've looked at the trailer and I know that the, that uh, this, you know, MGM UA is, is behind it. They're going to push it. Um, the thing about that movie is, is that it is uh, led by the woman, Daniel Deadweiler, uh, who is such a good actress. I mean, she broke out in station 11 and, and I have all confidence that she's going to knock this out of out of the park um so it's going to be interesting to see if these movies end up being uh mostly about the performances or mm -hmm. whether they gain more resonance uh well, don't it's all going to depend on the critics and their their success in the marketplace and and does the movie just you know resonate more broadly like you say i mean don't forget this movie also has the whoopi goldberg factor i think her role in the movie is kind of small but she's a producer and she's got a big platform and it's been a while since she was really lobbying for a movie in this context so that that'll be an extra factor that i'm sure we'll figure in and be big for the new york premiere uh, and then we have a, a bunch of New York Film Festival movies that are kind of re-entering the conversation. And I think in a very different context than when we first encountered them. It's a couple can movies like After Sun, which we both loved, uh, but was, you know, a discovery at Cannes this, this year. Is, it's a first-time filmmaker. And I know that the New York Film Festival programmers purposely left out some of the Cannes titles that we might have expected them to include, like the Dardens or whatever, not because they didn't want to include them, but because they wanted to uh, heighten uh, new new filmmakers and and discoveries. And uh, that one was at Cannes, but there are other films in in the lineup uh, that are uh, like the the inspection um, that, that that you 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 we might not have expected to be there. Um, After Sun is going to be a small film, but Paul Paul Mescal is extraordinary in it. So there's a chance. Uh, that he could get some attention, but it's still a very small film. Well, what I think is notable though about After Sun is that it's an impossible movie to, on paper, to really get people excited about. I mean, it's it's a story of a, a woman revisiting her memories of of hanging out with her her sad dad when they were when she was young. That's the movie, but it's so beautiful and it's so great at conveying memory in a visual way that I think it's gonna it's gonna generate more conversation than maybe you're giving it credit for because of that and because of the fact that now it's got a major company pushing it out there. So I am sort of excited to see how, like an inspection, potentially it could be a discovery for a lot of people who missed it in the first time around. Uh, but there are a couple other can movies like All That Breathes, which I actually started out at Sundance and then went to Cannes, also in the New York film festival lineup that one's showing up everywhere and um it's one of my favorite docs i should have answered your question earlier with this mm -hmm. one uh this is an right. absolutely terrific doc uh and it takes on the climate crisis it takes on um, the ecological crisis uh it's about the birds that circle over delhi and i i i hope people will check this one out There's yeah a reason say, why everybody the, uh... programs it in another year, it could be like a Honeyland type of thing where it's the uh, it's it's country's Oscar submission. But I think uh, it could be. Although yeah. we'll see what India does. It could be yeah. RRR. There's a I lot was of debate say, about that. Quite right a competition between it. Fascinating. A, a, a Tollywood film versus a little uh, arty documentary. I'm not sure which one has the upper hand there, but we'll as see. How long, that as long as RRR has come up, I, 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 I'm fascinated because there are all these people um, 
debating it from India, where they look at, at a movie like that from a very different perspective culturally and politically than we do. We see the bravura filmmaking. We don't know the 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 inside intricacies of the politics of, of the nationalism and and violence that's espoused in this film. Uh, you know, in, in the world of Hollywood that we inhabit and a violent action movie that with revolutionaries standing up against the bad British makes a lot of sense. But yes. inside India, there are all these factions. Where's Gandhi? Where's the right. peaceful protest? You know, so there's reasons why the India uh, committee themselves may not see RRR. This is what happens all over the world. Every, I'm every, curious about country, that. I mean, they may not it, perceive what a strong contender it would be if they were to submit it. Well, Here. it's also it's a it's a crafts movie. It, it has potential in other categories too. If right, they really had that momentum going. We talked about that before. You know, there's there's a Bollywood remake of Forrest Gump that just came out this month, and that's apparently I, mean, I haven't seen it, but that that's the kind of movie that also seems like you could see people going wanting to get behind because it's a total crowd pleaser. It's very commercial, apparently. These countries uh, don't necessarily recognize what the 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 alchemy of of recognition in in Hollywood, you know, by the academy might actually be. Yeah, it's and a different it's world. A fascinating thing. Yeah, it really is. So two other can movies at New York Film Festival worth singling out. One is Corsage, which I still have not seen, but you were very early on this one. So I not your, you, you considered yourself not to be the target audience of a. But I'm gonna, I, mean, I now feel royal, uh, perhaps drama. I am not. Yeah. Perhaps I am not the target audience for a royal drama. A lot but of people I, I understood that to be some kind of, uh, you know, uh, corset bodice ripper. But it, it is more than that. And I look forward to hearing what you think of it. And, and basically, it's a best actress opportunity for Vicky Creeps, who has been moving along since Phantom Thread and Bergman Island. And she's been in she's cast in a ton of movies. She plays in Germany, in Austria, you know, in, in, in she, she's everywhere. She can do anything. So then finally out of Cannes, we found out this week that decision to leave unsurprisingly would be the Korean Oscar submission. Totally affected. Yeah. Great for Park Chan-wook. And that's a movie that, you know, it's very different than his other films in certain kinds of ways, but I think it's very elegant and stylish and, and will continue to get really, a really strong reception. So I'm, I'd be shocked if it wasn't shortlisted, but uh, in terms of- it will be. It Korea will be. has it's, obviously it's, done well in the Oscars. Also accessible- beautiful fun very yeah very sexy you know it has everything um if if it lacks anything it would be that it's not as politically sophisticated as something like parasite you know it's still an it's still a a, a film noir that is what yeah. it is yeah yeah definitely but of course in hollywood they love film noirs so there's we hope so. a bonus um so then there's some films that are not at new york film festival and you touched on a few that might be added the ones that stood out to me were i realized we could basically call the three b's there's uh the banshees i mean sharon there's bardo and blonde so not so all have, of those look like art films to me in, in every not way a new york film festival so what does that tell us it means that Searchlight uh, went, I, I don't know, it's an Irish film. And it, it's just not to the put Martin too much point film. on it. Yeah. If you yeah. look at it, if you look at the trailer and you see- The trailer is hilarious. I, I'm so excited for this Colin movie. Barrow, you can see that that's, that's not something that was necessarily going to play uh, in Italy. I, I, I could see it's, an, it's, it's very specific. I, I, um, 
I think it's probably, uh, th I've been told it's more in Bruges than, um, than than three billboards. But and, I went to the Imbruge was uh, opening night Sundance Film Festival selection and it killed there. So, you know, you couldn't understand everything they were saying because those accents were pretty thick, but it was a good time. So, and I think this one will be a good time. I mean, he, I'm, I'm a huge McDonough fan and his place. They're going to push, Netflix is going to push Bardo. I mean, Searchlight's going to push Banshees. Netflix is going to push Bardo big time. And Bardo, I can't wait. It's in Uritu. He's one of the best filmmakers we have working today. And it's in he goes back. It's sort of semi-autobiographical again. He goes back to his home country, an artist, uh, to sort of revisit his his world. And I can't wait to see it. But and I hear good things about the actors in it, but we don't know them that well. So we'll have to see the film. So shall we delve into what's going on with Blonde, the movie that is seems to be only playing at Venice before it comes out September 23rd? The trailer got some interesting reactions to Anadarmus's accent. Uh, the movie's been a long time coming. What are your expectations there? I, I have basically none. I'm very curious to see it. Andrew Dominic is a, is a very clever and, and accomplished uh, filmmaker. Uh, I don't know what the hell he's doing with this <laughs> and I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Uh, just can't know. wait. Just can't wait. And then there are a couple of major fall titles that still don't have festival dates and maybe they'll be added different places or maybe they'll just surface at some point in time. Uh, Amsterdam is one of them. That's David O. Russell's new film. Have you heard it's anything? Just opening at the end of the year. That's all. That's why they're not, they're not going to be at festivals. They're just not ready yet. They're, they're opening at the end of the year for a reason. And, and I, I wasn't expecting them to be at any festivals unless possibly the last possible one would be uh, AFI if they feel the need. But these are films that sell themselves. We've heard the term cleanup festival used for AFI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cleanup festival. Yeah. So Amsterdam has this sprawling cast. It looks hilarious. Uh, Christian Bale, who said he would never work with David O. Russell, is back, you know, because he's a he knows he's going to get a great performance, you know, out of it. Um, that's why people go back for more, um, you know, and it looks like like, uh, you know, Margot Robbie is up to her usual uh great comedic shtick. I can't wait to see this. And then Babylon is more of um, Damien Chazelle going back to the decadent, silent period of Hollywood. And again, these are both sort of sprawling ensembles. And it's a question of who sort of pops out of them, I think, uh, in terms of the various uh, acting races. We have yeah, you know, that. you know, Chazelle can put on a good show and actors love chewing on scenery for him. So there's going to be something there, but it, it does feel like there's a lot going on here that we'll have to just wait and see because it's not done. So that's a that's a big open. And the question. same is true of the James Cameron and and yep. Ryan Coogler. So all Avatar, these people working on Avatar who, who really have no idea what they're in for because he's it, it's, nobody's seen it. So, so you've got Avatar, you've got, you've got Black Panther, Wakanda forever. And I'm, ex I have high, huge expectations as do most people of both. I, I mean, I can't wait to see what they've done. I mean, we've been waiting a while for, for Avatar. God knows. I mean, and these are what these, these two movies tell you is that December is going to be at least in theory, a big commercial month for, for movies in a year that's been defined by 
really bringing commercial movies back to the fore. I mean, and we'll double back on Top Gun Maverick and see if it's still in the conversation. But it will uh, be. It will yeah. be. Um, Avatar is going to be um, interesting because, of course, Titanic did very well with the Oscars. It won, you know, Best Picture and Director, King of the World, uh, James Cameron. And and Avatar did not win. It was that was the year Hurt Locker uh, yep. won. But, that was some uh, good drama. Yeah. And so it does have a little avatar has a little bit of that kind of um, anti anti sci-fi bias going on that sometimes makes people take something less seriously. But um, and Wakanda is an actual sequel. And the first Black Panther didn't uh, go all the way uh, except for some craft wins. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. The trailer promises something extraordinary. And so I have. I do have high expectations for that. Well, and it's, it's the second, movie. it's the second Oscar season where there is a narrative informed by the depth of, of Chadwick Boseman That's to right. some degree in a different context, obviously, That's but right. it seems that that will be part of it as well. And so finally we should return to the Fablemans just because knowing that this is a movie that is at TIFF and nowhere else. I think the big question is ultimately going to be, is this, is this a play for that audience prize? Because the movie as far as we can tell, it's a sort of a smaller scale drama uh, and very personal to Spielberg, written by Tony Kushner. You have to have relatively high expectations with that kind of talent, but at the same time, it doesn't, doesn't sound like the movie's going to be you know, groundbreaking. I, I think that they were working with a set of different concerns. One is that Michelle Williams, who plays um, Spielberg's mother, basically, um, is, is pregnant and is supposed to give birth in September. So that was not a trip to Venice. You know, that didn't work for them. Uh, maybe not going up into um, the mountains of uh, Colorado. Uh, so to- it, it, it became uh, much more effective in terms of the marketing and the, and the messaging and the potential for the audience prize to go uh, to TIFF. And that's really the reason it was about universal and uh, Spielberg's people and well, Michelle Williams people and everybody yep. involved yep. finding yep. the right mi- uh, fit for them. Well, all of this, this whole conversation is just reminding me of how challenging it is to remember more than two or three things at once. And we're going to have to keep all of these movies in mind in a very careful order over the next few months, because it's just going to get busier. But, Anne, I'm going to let you go because I know you've got a lot going on and you're going to take some time off. So uh, next week I'll have a a guest, but I hope you have. Uh, Do you know, you know who it is yet? <laughs> drum roll. I don't, uh, but it's going to be good. <laughs> and I'm working out a schedule while you're out to, to make sure that, uh, that I have the, the, those gaps filled appropriately though. Of course, nobody can rise to the level of our, no, 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 no. you're going to do so. great. Uh, uh, have fun. It's it'll change things up a bit. If people are getting bored with the usual, <laughs> usual. Well, All I right. can't wait to get your feedback and I'll talk to you soon. 